something. Get off Zoom and turn off the radio. It's time for Owen and Paddy. There's a shop in New South Wales that's offering clothing by the kilo. Australian Owen and Paddy here. It's Wednesday. Hump day, yeah. Paddy. It's great. great to be back. So exciting, exciting stuff. How are you, mate? Not the loo. Not the loo. How are you? Brand great. Good to be here. Now, it's so much better that I'm here on Afters FM with you. But lots coming up in the show. But this hour as well, we're going to be speaking with Arielle later, another student. You can hear her on Afters FM talking Eurovision. She absolutely loves it. We've got a bit of sport talking Dylan Alcock and the Paralympics, some Ronaldo news as well. And coming up next, we are going to be talking about the hurricane that's hit New Orleans over in America. Yeah, some pretty devastating news um, over in the States. And also to stay on the bad news, uh, New South Wales has recorded just over 1,100 uh, new local uh, COVID case, COVID-19 cases with, unfortunately, another four deaths. So hopefully New South Wales can turn the corner uh, as we yep. head into spring, Owen. First day of spring. Great to First be here. First day of spring. Hopefully it's on the up. Afters FM. It's the opposite of before FM. Yes, Paddy. So heading over to the States now in New Orleans, where there's been a Hurricane Ida has hit. There's been two people killed. Two people were killed and 10 injured on Tuesday. Uh, which is yesterday, when a deep, like a sort of a sinkhole opened on the highway mm. uh, and some cars have fallen in there. Three people were among the injured as well in a con- critical condition. But yeah, it's pretty bad over there. It's pretty rough. There's lots yeah. of rain, obviously, that comes with a hurricane. Ida has been one of the most powerful hurricanes ever to hit the US Gulf Coast. Which seems like a pretty big statement because I don't think, I mean, the US obviously gets, I mean, they have they have hurricane seasons and mm. cyclone seasons, don't they? And I don't think in Australia we kind of understand the re- like no. the sheer power and the actual threat that they can they can pose. Like we, we get the odd storm here and there, yeah, but especially- it's, it's nothing similar. Yeah, especially us on the East Coast, I guess, in the northern and like WA, they get hurricanes yeah, up sure. there in Darwin for and sure. stuff. Um, but I'm not 100% which is stronger. Like, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but they're, um, saying, um, they're saying it could take up to, yeah, up to a couple of weeks for um, the power supply to go back into some of the, mm. um, some of the, hard, some of the hardest hit uh, areas. Um, so, yeah eight, yeah, eight high voltage lines were shut off into New Orleans. So, like, that's a, that's a fair chunk of the, of the whole city really that exactly. is out of power which is um not good to hear yeah and it's a lot of that stuff like the hurricane passes and you hear about all the terrible stuff but then it's like weeks and months sometimes yeah. until they can get back to some normality and also this is uh i've been reading in the report as well the sheriff's deputies in saint tammany parish were investigating the disappearance of a 71 year old man after an apparent mm. alligator attack and the floodwaters brought out by the storm so the man's yeah. wife told authority authorities that she saw a large alligator attack her husband in the so tiny imagine, like, community, 55 kilometers northeast of New Orleans on Monday. Oh, it's so bad, isn't it? Like you get through the hurricane and then you've already got you got the gators to deal with. But also um, with the cleanup, Owen, um, apparently um, the next Tuesday coming up is going to be a, around about 40 degrees Celsius. So oh, when you're trying to – in parts of Louisiana. So if you're trying to clean up um, – you're trying to clean up all the damage that's come from the hurricane. I can't imagine it being 40 degrees Celsius um, makes it much easier. So yes, not very, uh, not very good news to come out of New Orleans. No, and it shows how I guess tropical it is over there. It's a tropical storm, and then it's just the weather is absolutely manic. So our thoughts are with everyone over there. We hopefully um, they can get back on track quickly, and hopefully the worst has passed. 
Coming up uh, later in the show, however, there will be uh, we're covering some other stories um, around the world. So make sure you stick around here on Owen and Patty on the iHeartRadio app on Afters FM. Jersey Tope. Jersey. Jersey Tope. Jersey Tope. You couldn't have just called it the Baz Lerman Library. You're listening to Afters FM. Wednesday means for Sport Nuffies, Owen, that it is just yes. one step closer to the week. Now, before we, but before we touch on what's going to be happening on a massive jam-packed weekend of sport, Owen, uh, I believe Dylan Alcott has made yet another final. Yes. So he's through to the gold medal match. He is on the brink of winning yep. another gold medal. And he's also going for the golden slam. So that is when you win the four majors. So yep. Wimbledon, French Open, Australian Open, oh. American Open, and the gold medal. <laughs> so in men's tennis, Djokovic was going for that. He- um, yeah. And he failed in the Olympics, and now he's doing well in the U.S. Open. But to imagine has no one to be, done? Has anyone to, done that? Pat yeah, Raft so someone it. did it. Um, you know not, what? Not it was Pat a Raft. female. I want to say Steffi Graf. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Um, oh no, who's the who's the what's the what's the um, tennis ground in Australia? Rod Laver. Rod Laver did it. No, so he's won the slam. Oh, he's won the slam. Okay. Yeah, so in 1988, Steffi Graf became the only tennis player to achieve the gold slam. I mean, I mean. But how, like, just firstly, how good to get a slam four in a row to be that good and then to time that with an Olympics to get the golden slam? To time your, like, peak performance, like, in in an Olympic year is is pretty amazing. But, like, I reckon that would probably make him Australia's most dominant athlete right now. If he's he's doing that. Yeah, like Alcott, that is like you see Alcott every time he's in the news. It's like he's won another thing. He just never, not he never loses, but he is just so strong and so good huh. at the tennis um, or everything he does as well. But yeah, amazing. You, so hopefully, I mean, when you talk about if you're looking for inspiration for <laughs> he is <laughs> he's the number one inspiration um, in terms of just him being an incredible athlete and also um, an amazing amazing radio presenter. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. And Barty as well, um, just in staying on tennis, Barty has started her US Open with a win as well. So Barty, hopefully we can get another slam for her as well. That would be great. Yeah, and uh, so Australia's still sitting on uh, eighth in the medal tally. Uh, hopefully Dylan... Oh, at the Paralympics. Add, nice. At the Paralympics, yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully uh, Dylan can add another gold to the already existing 13 gold medals, 22 silver and 20 bronze. We're really racking them up. That's 54 medals in total. China... Way on top has to be said: sixty-two gold, thirty-eight 62 silver, gold. and thirty-two bronze medals with a hundred and thirty-two medals. That's that's more than the gold medals is more than double second, which is Great Britain. So the Chinese are really going all in. Madness. Brazil are doing really well. So I live with a, a Brazilian housemate, and he was telling yeah. me last night that Brazil are doing amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're coming sixth, fourteen He's gold like, medals. Oh, we're doing better than Australia. I was like, mate, I'm from yeah. the UK, and we're second, so get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then if Australia was actually oh, beating Brazil, oh. then you're actually yeah, <laughs> yeah. sixth generation Aussie Australian. Citizen, mate. Yeah, that's how it works. Um, also. Ronaldo's come out and said this morning, he, obviously he's made his big move uh, from yes. uh, Juventus and he was going to go to Manchester City but didn't, went back to his boyhood club, which is Manchester United, and has come out told uh, the Manchester United fans and said, Alex Ferguson, this is for you. If that yeah. doesn't give you goosebumps, obviously Alex Ferguson is the godfather of yes. English football and a father figure for many. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, just incredible um, stuff uh, coming out of the Theatre of Dreams, which is Old Trafford. It will be interesting to see how he goes there. Uh, he's 36, obviously. Yeah, he's in, getting in on a bit, of, isn't he? In terms of being an athlete, 36 isn't your peak. Um, no. I'm sure, I, bet that, I mean, that man is 
built yeah, like a machine. Yeah, he is special, isn't he? So maybe you know those, he's going to be right. You know those machines at the gym that you get on and they kind of like gym? determine no. your age? Yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. so apparently, yeah, they determine your age. I reckon it would come up for him as like 24. Like, there's 24. just no way. You look at the man's physique and it is just something else. Yes, and I'm looking forward to him failing spectacularly because I hate Manchester United. <laughs> you mentioned it before, Paddy. What's coming up this weekend? Just quickly, what, what's going on in the sport? I'm sure we'll touch it later in the week, but what have well, we got to look forward it's the to? Last, it's the last round of NRL, so all the finals um, positions are going to be going to be locked in. There's a big battle um, for eighth place. Um, there's about four teams still in the running. Wow, um, I love that. Yeah, so like, I love seeing what's 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 going down at that at that end of the um, that end of uh, the table. Storm as well. It'll be Storm. interesting to see how they, um, they can bounce, bounce back, back after their loss. Well, they run nineteen games in a row, so yeah. Well, hopefully they can bounce back and and uh, be amazing. Go the Storm. We are the best. Oh, sorry, we they are the best team <laughs> in Australia. If you ask me, I'm not biased at all. And the award goes to. Afters FM. Owen, do you consider yourself to be a bit of a green thumb? Have you tried anything in the garden before? Growing, yes, obviously. I, <laughs> yeah, just hanging out. Um, I try to grow plants and they always die. Actually, at my share house here in mm. Surrey Hills, part of my job, we've all got jobs in the house, and mine's to water the plant, right. and which I do, but it's slowly dying. Um, and now the, the leaseholder guy who's in charge of our share house has taken back control of the plant, which is a bit of a bit oh. heartbreaking stuff but i tried right. i was like so it keeps so dying and he goes did he water it i was like well i did well Once there's a month man, yeah there's this man in tasmania um that clearly did not forget his watering duties when it came to growing this uh this bad boy this thing's hanging on a tree believe it or not he's made he's yeah. made he's grown a 2.6 kilo lemon <laughs> what on a tree 2.6 kilos that's a that lot is, yeah that is Massive. Well, think about how how much a normal lemon would weigh. Probably how much reckon about, a normal lemon would weigh? Probably about seventy grams. Yeah, right. I'd say it like this. This thing is massive. We'll try. We'll put it up on social media. Like, yes. it, it's it doesn't even look like if you showed me a photo of just that and not compared it to an actual lemon like, oh, yeah, and not said that's a lemon. It's like, it's like oh, that's like a weird looking grapefruit or something. It's like a think rock how many like bad. How many gin and tonics you could uh, make with that lemon, <laughs> like a slice of lemon? Bars should have it. Can you imagine you just see him hacking away behind the bar at this giant lemon all night? Owen, oh, we worked at the Easter show um, as well, and like just thinking of big fruit and veg, and some of the pumpkins that were there were completely Huge. ginormous as well. So clearly there's, there's, a method, there's a method for growing massive things in the garden, for sure. <laughs> There is, yeah. Those pumpkins were huge. And I, you know, hey, they don't say, they don't call me Mr. Research for mm. no reason. Mm. The world's heaviest pumpkin at the moment is 1,190 kilograms. So so he's actually got a fair way to go for his lemon to Oh, that's to Yeah, but that's a pumpkin the... though, to be fair. Like pumpkins yeah. would start bigger than lemons. Mm. And that's by someone in Belgium. Yeah. And that was grown in 2016. So it still hasn't been beaten. But hey, that's, I, I just don't get how they do it. No. Like, I don't think, like, is there a method or do you just it must put be a certain, there? is it a certain species maybe? Is there species? like a genetic that the right trait that the, yeah. uh, that the tree has to have for, um, for it to happen? Like if someone growing lemons and they look out and there's like massive ones on there and they're like, oh, fuck, oh, oh no. Well, the, the, record, the record for the world's biggest lemon is actually from Israel, as you know, Owen, but just in case you don't, <laughs> yeah. I will remind you, um, five point one. Two five point two kilos double what this what? thing is. It is 
I'm looking at a photo right now. It is absolutely ridiculous. So it's like it's compared to someone's head, it'd be about twice the size of their head. I've got a pretty big head, so yeah, maybe it's the same. So size it would be similar, maybe not. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah, if we put your head, which one's bigger, Owen's head or a five point two kilo world record, world record lemon in Israel? Let us know on the socials at Afters Radio on Instagram and Afters FM here on Facebook. Keeping you up to date with all the newest film, television, and radio news. It's Afters FM. Now, Patty, mm. Eurovision. What oh. do you what do you think of when I see Eurovision? When I think of, well, I'm not too experienced in the realms of Eurovision, but I'm still confused as to why Australia's in it. But man, oh man, it gets some numbers. It gets some serious numbers. And I'm excited that Australia is in it. I'm really excited about that. That's the exact answer I wanted. So this Mm. year, actually we'll touch on this year a bit later. So applications have opened to be Aussie's representative at the 2022 (sighs) edition. They opened the other day and I thought, hey, who can we get on that loves Eurovision? Eurovision pumps through her her veins. We mm. now have Ariel. So Ariel is another host on Afters FM. Ariel, firstly, welcome to Owen and Patty. Secondly, applications have opened. Tell us a little bit about that. What's going on? Okay, so just recently the applications have opened. They are looking for their top 10 contestants to compete in the Gold Coast to yeah. see who will represent Australia in Eurovision 2032. So anyone can compete. The rules are simple. It has to be two to three minutes long. The songs can be in English or in or in the Aboriginal Aboriginal Torres Strait language. And it's open to anyone. So you could be independent, you could be unknown, or you could be a published well-known artist. So it's yeah. a free-for-all. Are there any front runners at the moment that you've heard whispers of that are applying? Like any big names? Like come on, there... Kylie. Come through, Kylie Minogue. Come on. I wish it was Kylie, but no, I haven't heard anything from Kylie. There were some murmurs about the Veronicas, maybe, Ooh. but th- those were just like murmurs ever since the end of Eurovision 2022. So yeah. it's just like speculation. Dami, the biggest news right now as, as of so far is Dami M because she was supposed to compete last year, but yeah. coronavirus. Of so course. She ha- so she released her song that was she was supposed to compete this yeah. last year called pa- uh, Paper Dragons. Mm. And now it's up in the air to see if she's going to throw her hat again, if she's going to write a new song and compete this year. She's I'd the fan to... favorite, and we don't know yet. I would love to see, like, um, some drag queens go. Like, imagine Courtney Act. Like, uh, Eurovision is very, in my opinion, like, campy and fun. You know, like, oh, why aren't sure. drag it's queens ultimate, like that going? It's so extra, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's a colorful and really awesome event. Like, people from different backgrounds and sexualities and whatever they all just jump in it's a fun event where they sing dance perform and it's just a really amazing way of representing different types of people with like a similar cost to perform write music and just entertain everyone on stage yeah it seems like a massive uh celebration and um i caught a bit of the fu- of the big finale this year and of course italy italy took the Italy's crown uh, uh, teacher at here at Afters, Danny was yes. very, very so excited. She's still going. She still messages me. I will get a message. Hey, Owen, do you remember yeah. when Italy won? I'm like, all right, Danny. Yeah, it's like okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, did they win? Oh, thanks, Danny. Um, obviously, like they they were very, very impressive. Uh, Danny's words. Uh, no, 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 they, they, <laughs> yeah. they really were. I I really loved uh, their act. But as a as a Eurovision um, fan, did you think they thoroughly deserved the victory? I think they did. Um, mostly because of. This is just my theory. Mm. Sex appeal. They okay. have Ooh, so yes. much sex appeal. And 
you know, their act is just really entertaining. Like the way they started off their performance by, you know, leading the audience through the stage. It's just a really interesting way to yeah, getting them immerse. involved. Yeah, yeah, mm. to immerse the audience, getting them involved. Yeah, and they're going gangbusters now, aren't they? They've like hit the charts. <laughs> oh yes, and I think it's because the lead singer wears makeup, which I love. He was wearing a bit of eyeliner or mascara. Love to it's see that. More than that, ever <laughs> like <laughs> for some reason, like every time a Eurovision artist wins, they they tour, of course. But mm. if the song is in English, they will it will just chart all over London and sometimes America. Yeah, so good. And Ariel, here whispers. A little birdie has told me that you are actually applying for Eurovision. The applications have yes, opened. That is correct. I know. And then another birdie has told me that you can't tell us too much about that. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on how that how that goes? How do you apply? Like, what what does that actually look like? Okay, so in order to apply, the, SBS has a link where you put down details, and they they also put in like terms and conditions and some of the rules on to see your song is eligible. One of the main rules is, is that the song cannot be published within a certain date. Mm -hmm. So, and they cannot be published ever until the announcement is made. So even if you submitted and the, they did uh, finalize the final 10, you cannot publish that song until that announcement is made. Okay. So that's one thing you have to be aware of. So it's all, a lot of it is like hush, hush. Yeah. Hush, hush, shh, shh, patty over there. So, Ariel, yeah, and finally, how can people find out more about you or your music if you want to share? Where can they find you on, on the internet? Okay, so I have a Spotify page. It's um, it's Q-T-J-S-O-C-U-T-I-E-J-E-A. That is my online stage name. Yep. I, I write a lot of songs which involves my own stories and love it. And my song that I'm submitting for Eurovision is not good. It's sort of about me, but at the same time, not exactly. It's oh. dedicated to someone. Give it's an exclusive. Oh, We've got okay. an exclusive there. Yes, it's an exclusive. It's dedicated okay. to someone. And I had so much fun working on it. A lot of my friends are involved. And I won't tell who it's dedicated to. <laughs> Is it us? Because... Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Could you could be. Well, let's that, that, now that'd be an exclusive. <laughs> yes, let's leave it on that amazing exclusive. Ariel, thank you so much for joining us. You're so passionate about music and Eurovision. I love it. And the award goes to Afters FM. There's been a lot of talk at the moment about these lockdowns in New South Wales, obviously, and about education and how education is going to get back to some sort of normality. Mm. And then there's a report today, or yesterday, sorry, in the Sydney Morning Herald that HSC bosses have actually revealed they didn't make the decision to delay their exams. So mm. two members of the committee steering the HSC, which is what uh, Year 12s do, this VC in Melbourne. Yeah, it's like the Year 12 thing into uni. Um through COVID have broken ranks to reveal it was health officials rather than the educators who decided right. to delay exams. Yeah, so I think that's quite a big thing that it's not the schools that have decided yeah, this, I thought that it's that would be a big thing. But when you think about who's making all the decisions um, based on basically everything in the state of New South Wales, um, not quite sure about Victoria, but I know in New, in New South Wales that it's definitely the, the health uh, health officials that are controlling all the decisions basically. So um, whilst that whilst that is probably a bit surprising, um, I don't think it, it, it's not really surprising me because I think they're doing that for the most of the other things. So, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Um, but it's at the moment they are doing trial exams. So I know yeah. um, someone whose brother has been doing trial exams from home. Yeah. Um, some of them have been delayed or those, but then they've had issues. Like they've been doing it from home and then the area had a power cut. Yeah. So like it's just, it was... it's, exams are tough anyway. It's been a while since I did mine, but that extra stress of having to do it from home and not knowing stuff would just make it 10 times more stressful. Yeah. It would be so, it would be really stressful. And I know of, um, 
There's some schools are down in Wollongong that actually just completely scrapped the trial exams as wow. well. Um, which, I mean, hey, at the time, all the students would have been yipping and yahooing about how good is that. But at the end of the day, you do your trial exams for a reason as preparation uh, for yeah. accuracy. And it does count for a big, big chunk of your mark. So I think for some of the schools to completely scrap trial exams, that has to have been a had to have been a big decisions big decision and that would have been on the basis of health advice and the logistics of it but mm. i think that that was the schools that ended up making um that decision for the school well you'd imagine as long as everyone's on the some sort of similar page it won't affect them too much like if all new south wales year 12 students are in the same boat when they're all applying for unis you would hope then they're all together you know they're on a level playing field i guess and how and, yeah. I, and i know there's a lot more spots have opened up at unis because there's no international students well next to none yeah so now there's more spots for australian students to get in so maybe if you are getting lower scores because of covid issues you might still get into your course mm. um but yeah how would you not like surely everyone has a few notes here and there on the side when they're going into exams because you're all doing it from home. Yeah. Like the urge to, the urge to, you know, get a little bit of a, a little bit of an advantage would be, would be very high. I, I would think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, really difficult times and the logistics of it, are, it, it's really tricky. Yeah. How did you go? When, how long ago did you do your HSC? Uh, I did my you HSC four years ago and yes, we were on campus. Um, yes, you were on campus. We were, then. We were at uh, at school. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, like I, I don't know. I, I I thought the HSC was much easier than the trials for sure. Um, yes. Um, probably, and that's probably because I had the practice of of trials. But um, yeah, I mean, it 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 is a weird pressure scenario. It's it's, it's probably the most pressure you've been under in that school sense. Um, like in in your whole life, and it's yeah. I, I think it I think it does you do, does you well in terms of yeah just learning how to deal with how to deal with pressure for sure and you would have done well because you got into nursing yeah you're a pretty smart guy yeah oh you know did all right yeah. 104 yeah. no I've you've got it written like behind you mid 70s when we're yeah that's right no, no no i got mid 70s nothing nothing too special uh whatsoever how'd you go on i actually bombed in mine so i did it in melbourne and it was vce and then we got an enter score yeah i needed i would at school, I would do good at exams, at tests, and then I would I would get all my work done, and then I would talk. I was <laughs> surprise, surprise. I used yeah, to just I was the guy weird. that distracted everyone. Okay, but I would get my work done, then distract my friends, and then my teachers would yell at my friends, and they'd be like, "Why don't you yell at Owen?" They're like, "Well, he's done his work, and now he's just distracting mm. you." And I went in a bit lightly. I needed eighty, I think, for my yeah. business degree. I got like yeah. fifty six. Yeah, well, that's right. Maybe but through a pathway, I got in, and I ended up getting into the course straight away. And then oh, I got how good. Yeah, got a bachelor of business, mate. So well, there's Monash, all there's so all the, there's little, all the uh, uh, next there. there's all the early um, entry stuff anyway, which takes the pressure off um, off the HSC students going into the exams. But maybe if you could have done your trials at home, uh, Owen, then <laughs> could have got a few extra uh, sneaky marks here and there. A couple of little side notes. Uh, you're listening nice. to Owen and Paddy here on Afters FM. Afters FM. Not even Gladys can shut down this party. Owen and Patty here on Afters FM on the iHeartRadio app, driving you home for your Wednesday afternoon. Uh, just over 1,100 uh, COVID cases uh, recorded in the last 24 hours here in New South Wales. However, much more positive stuff coming up in the hour, Owen. That's right, Patty. We're going to be listening to your podcast episode about space travel. Mm. I said it before, I haven't listened to it. We're going to go around the world with some fun news stories. But coming up after this, we are going to be speaking with Jamie about running a small business during COVID. Tough times for many. 
and it'll be great to get some insight from him and someone actually doing it right now. You're listening to Owen and Paddy on Afters FM. Make sure you're following us on the socials at Afters Radio on Instagram, Afters FM on Facebook. Afters FM. Thanks for listening, Mum and Dad. Owen, uh, we're talking to different people this week about their lockdown yes. stories. And as we know, the most recent lockdown uh, has taken its toll on small businesses all around New South Wales and Australia. Now, I've never run a small business uh, at all, Owen. Have Have you? I have. A couple of lemonade I, stands or? Uh, just, I actually had my own, I had a social media agency oh, did for you? two years. Oh, here, here I was going, yeah. I was like, oh, obviously yeah, happened. But I actually had to shut it down due to COVID, which is oh, okay. not good. <laughs> but let's talk um, about positive business. Yeah, let's talk about positive things. And well, someone who is running a small business uh, currently is Jamie Phillips and down in Wollongong. Jamie, thanks for joining Afters FM. How you going, guys? Thanks for having me. Um, you know, you hear many stories about how people started their small businesses. What made you kick your journey off um, down the path of uh, doing cricket coaching? Yeah, firstly, I think the main reason I've started up Top Talent Cricket is um, to expand my love for cricket with the community and its surroundings. Mm. I think um, I've grown grown up playing cricket on the beach or in the backyard, and I think my love for the game formed on those hot summer days. And me starting my coaching business down here in Wollongong is a chance to allow other individuals to learn the game of cricket and hopefully grow a love for you know as it as i have so yeah, yeah well yeah well you must love the game like do, do you still do you still play like are you a massive cricket nuffy do you watch it do you play it still I do. Or, yeah i do I, I still i still wake up at 1am to watch the the cricket over in england india versus england at the moment so no i'm a big cricket nuffy at the yeah. moment that's it for sure well we'll be touching on sport a bit later but ashes is coming up and it is australia v england this this summer uh do you think the aussies are red hot favorites going in I think so, but um, you know, I'm a bit nervous. Joe Root's found some form, so we never know. We never know. So I'll try and keep it on track. So a lot of small businesses have taken a hit during COVID. How have you coped with running a small business during during this tough period? Yeah, COVID has thrown a massive spanner in the works, that's for sure. Um, luckily enough, my business is an outdoor run business, therefore I can still run COVID safe one on one cricket coaching sessions, but um we can still run these sessions but many of my clients come from outside the Wollongong's LGA so you know therefore they cannot travel past their own LGA boundaries so they can't get to some of my sessions um but I think the massive setback for top talent cricket would have been all the group classes I've missed out on um top Mm. talent would be running group classes twice a week yet of course with the the restrictions put in place in the moment we can't do that um the the opportunity for top talent to expand with the growing cricket interest coming up you know into December and the summer holidays I think, you know, COVID's threw a massive spanner in the works for mm. that. So Yeah. And there, ob- there obviously would have been so much organization going into actually just organizing all those all those group events. So it's um yeah, such a shame that I'm I'm sure many other people who are running small businesses um can relate there, Jamie. But obviously sure. it today's first day of spring, but summer is coming up and cricket is predominantly a, a summer sport. So people will be looking to, you know, hone in their skills uh coming up to the upcoming season. Um hopefully by summer we'll all be out of lockdown. But Top Talent Cricket is down in Wollongong. Jamie, how can people get involved? Where can they find you and get in touch? For sure, Pat. Yeah, summer is coming up soon and we all think, I think. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is cricket. So if you want to get involved with Top Talent Cricket coaching, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook under the socials at Top Talent Cricket with the option of one-on-one sessions and group classes. But we're also running great school holiday programs alongside um, the great guys at Australian Cricket Institute to people everywhere in New South Wales, so not only in Wollongong, but 
everywhere in New South Wales. So get in contact with their socials at Australian Cricket Institute. So just hope, hope we all get through this lockdown and move forward onto a great Christmas and a great yeah. new year. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. And Jamie, um, I'm glad you're... Hopefully, uh, it turns around in the summer and business can get back on track, just like a lot of other small businesses. So, just quickly, Paddy, I know you love cricket too. Who's mm. the better cricket player out of you two? Oh, I think that's 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 been up to, for debate for a while, but I think we'll leave that debate uh, for for to another, continue. For another yeah, thing. I'm continue to, I'm have to go down to a uh, ten minute interview. I might have, to, yeah, might have to go down to top talent uh, cricket and uh, get a couple lessons to uh, match it with Jamie. But Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us here on Afters FM. You're listening to Owen and Paddy. Coming to you live from your smart speaker, probably. Afters FM. Now, Owen, um, there's been some pretty shocking um, news to come out of in the last couple of years, just about um, the impacts that head knocks can have in physical sports. So I'm thinking yeah. rugby league, AFL and uh, rugby union and at the moment uh, over at the university of uh, south wales oh, yeah. um is that where yeah is that where, did you go to university of south wales or? i didn't go to university of south wales but i am from south wales swansea okay. the best a, place god's country swansea is um so yeah so they've followed a professional <laughs> uh rugby team uh, over the course of the season and they've tested players uh before the season started so the pre-season then yeah. halfway through the season and then um the post-season now so yeah, so the findings will be published in the um, September edition of the journal of the Journal of Experimental Physiology. Um, but I mean, after speaking to Doctor after speaking to Doctor Lynn Phillipson earlier in the week and the impacts that uh, head knocks can have on some really serious conditions um, such as dementia, I think that um, the University of South Wales is doing. I think the sport and impact sports the the world a greater good. I'm thinking boxing as well. That um, boxing and MMA. Um, all these all these results um, in September's journal are going to have a positive impact on the future of these sports. Don't you agree? I do. And it's interesting. I know um, Shane Williams, so he's actually one of my favourite players that's ever played for Wales. Mm. Left the Lions was World Rugby Player of the Year once. I met him. Got a photo. Maybe we can mm. put that on the socials. Any chance to share that photo? I've met him twice. But anyway, I digress. Well, did he meet you? Yeah, he met me. I met him in... Um, <laughs> I'm going to go off on a tangent. I met him in Japan when I was there for the World Cup. Ah, okay. I was at a pub... Good little anecdote. I was at a pub and it was full of Welsh people. And then there was a massive queue at the bar. He pushed in and I was like, hey, this guy is like a legend. Yeah, Standing okay. next to me. I was like, all right, go on, you Shane. Can, go on, yeah. Shane, oh, mate. Yeah, and he jumps in. in front of me, mm. orders 10 pints of Guinness. I was like, oh. are you having a laugh, mate? <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, so Shane Williams, he has been very vocal. I know I follow him on, the, on Twitter about head injuries. He suffered a lot in, during his playing days. And he's spoken about he he thinks it's when players are tired they're more um, likely to get a head knock. You know, it's just that tiredness and you're not mm. at, you're you're a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's when, you when you're more at risk to get these head injuries. But I think it's a good thing it's being brought to light. You look at some of those old footage, old games. You look it's and really... there's so many high tackles, so much oh. head knocks, and they get right back up. You know, speak to my dad. There was no such thing as a concussion rule or going off no. or. And he's you great. get concussed, and then you'd probably all go out to the pub after, you know, and no one would think anything of it. No, everyone would just kind of continue about their days. Um, no, it's great to see, like, you see the AFL and the NRL um, having brought in the shoulder charge uh, rule to kind of basically, um, you know, try and further protect um, player safety. And yeah. at the end of the day, these are the players' careers, but it also, if, you, if you're going to have a career of head knocks, it's also going to affect your life afterward. But there's actually been some really, um, like, some really shocking shocking um findings so 
Um, just over one season of a team professional rugby players saw a decline in blood flow to the brain and cog- cognitive function. Um, so that's like, you know, the ability to reason, remember, yeah. formulate ideas, and, you know, just really just do basic things that you're going to need for every day. So these findings are really shocking. That's just one, that's one season. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what the findings are going to be um, for the September edition. Yeah, it is scary stuff. And you look over NFL, which we haven't really touched on. They have massive yeah. things with their head knocks. I watched a documentary and it was saying, it's almost as if because they wear helmets, there's more head knocks. So they'll lead mm. with their head because they're wearing a helmet. They think they're protected. Well, Whereas without without padding in rugby, your instinct is to avoid any head knocks. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's sort of yeah. almost as if the helmets are doing more it's like damage. the it's like this it's like the statistic of there was more injuries on a trampoline with a big net around it than there mm. was of like the old fashioned ones you used to have in the backyard with none because you'd try more stuff so you i feel jump like into the net exactly so like i feel like the nfl would take um i feel like the nfl um yeah would definitely be similar in terms of player safety but yes very important stuff uh, that's being done at the university of south wales Plenty still coming up on Owen and Paddy. Um, Owen, I've actually got a little bit of a test Ooh. for you in terms of the news reading realms, but I'm not going to give too much away. You're on okay. Owen and Paddy. A-F-T-R-S. Afters FM. Paddy, on Monday, I was very confident, I guess, is the good mm. way to describe it, in my news reading abilities. I told you that I could do anything that was put in front of me you made the mistake of accidentally betting your bond with me. You just got back from moving out. It's not really betting when you know nothing. You're not going to lose it, is it? So. so now on the line, so Friday, I will be doing an impossible news read. And when I complete it correctly, mm. as I am now talking so well, I win that $100 end of. Right. So, so that's where we're at. So a lot of newsreaders have been put under pressure in the past, uh, Owen, and um, they've actually ended up on YouTube. And it's not funny at all um, when <laughs> newsreaders stuff up. And let's give it a listen and not laugh and be really mature about it. Yes, it's breakfast time here for the sheep. Doing to move to the northwest, north we are northwest, northwest. Well, Ali McBeal, McBeal is in Chicago for us tonight. Ali. Great September evening. Get out to enjoy while we still have trees on the leaves, a blue sky overhead. So that's it. We're on Snow Watch again. Oh, my kids will not be happy if we don't get a good dump. We will. I'm sure we will. There we go. Not as humid today, but overall. <laughs> Hi, Bree. <laughs> We're going to get to Niagara Falls at 7.30, Buffalo around 8.30, Hamburger 9 o'clock. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back to you. <laughs> oh, my God. You <laughs> well, I definitely won't be ending up on there. Right. So Some I mean, classics if, there. Some of that's... those are. Like, there's some ones you've heard so many times. They're so good. I think every time I hear them, they get but better. But the funny thing about this, these people is, do you reckon any of their new scripts that they actually read really well made it uh, viral oh, God, no. or completely yeah. anything? No. That's people what they just, get remembered for. Yeah, exactly. People want to see other people fail, just like I want to see you completely uh, crumble under the pressure. However, I do want to get you. I do want to give you a little bit of a chance. You know, I am okay. a nice guy like that. So debatable. In prep, pre- yeah, you know, some bit of debate around that. To warm up those pipes uh, before you get uh, yeah. on air, uh, I just want to give you a couple yeah. of tongue. Want to go give you a couple of tongue twisters? Can't even say the word okay. tongue twisters. Lucky it's not me reading it, <laughs> yeah. and it's you reading it, but. Just a couple what have you of, got for me? Um, just a couple of classics, um, of course, just to kick it off. So, ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. So, what to say that? Yes, please. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Very good. Easy. 
next. As Ariana Grande says, thank you, next. Next. It was actually, she was actually doing a tongue twister challenge when she did this. Another <laughs> yeah. classic, uh, Owen, but a little bit longer. So how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Yeah. And yes. it's not a race, mate. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was going excited. You get it. Uh, but, and. Easy, mate. Uh, Anything hard or? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll change it up and do a couple of hard ones. Um, so seashell, sea. Okay, it's not me. Lucky it's not me doing it. Yep. She sells seashells by the seashore. She sells seashells by the seashore. All right, um, guys, <laughs> I think Good. I'm Start genuinely to send, in send over the Send over the money now, mate. I'll, what I'll do, I'll just send you the bank details, save time on Friday, and fuzzy, I'll just um, take the money now. Thank you. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had no hair. Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't very fuzzy, was he? Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had no hair. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear, wasn't it? I can't. That's more of a memory thing. We found a fault. We found a fault. I can't remember. The bedtime, baby. You're listening to Owen Patty here on After Zephyr. And the award goes to. Afters FM. There comes a time in a man or a woman's life where you are faced with that one simple question. Do you cure world poverty? Or do you go to space with your mates for 10 minutes? Excuse me? Jeff Bezos, you are an astronaut now. <laughs> on this episode of News Made Simple, you might have seen on the news that Jeff Bezos, billionaire founder of Amazon, had recently launched into space as he plans to invent a sort of space exploration tourism that he hopes in the future will allow more people the opportunity to experience that zero gravity feeling. Well, Listen, we, we have to build a road to space so that our kids and their kids can build the future. Bezos embarked on this adventure with his brother Mark. Wally Funk, an 82-year-old female aviation pioneer, now that's a cool name, as well as 18-year-old Oliver Damon, who is a student from the Netherlands who received a ticket on this rocket as a $40 million gift from his dad. Hmm, not a bad present. Great idea, right? Space exploration. Is there anything more cool? But we didn't even go to the moon, Patty. It's all a hoax. Yeah, shut up. So the filthy rich are going to space. What's the big deal? How does this affect me? And why should I care? Not sure about you, but I've certainly suffered financially over the pandemic. And this suffering has been felt all around the world. It's left millions out of a job, increasing rates of homelessness and extreme circumstances increases in world poverty to the point of starvation and death. Well, if my maths is correct, before we worry about other planets and exploring the no gravity vacuum stuff, why don't we use this money to fix a few of the problems on Earth? That's a great idea! Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. For one, Jeff Bezos has a net worth of 205 billion US dollars. Hmm, not bad, someone listened in school. His mate, also keen on space exploration, founder of Tesla, Elon Musk, has a net worth of 163.3 billion US dollars. Wonder what you could achieve on planet Earth with a combined funding of 368.3 billion dollars. Hmm, wonder what it costs to cure world hunger. That seems like a fairly important issue. Well, it is estimated that to cure world hunger, it'll cost between $7 billion and $265 billion a year. Obviously, that range of money is taken into account of what causes world hunger. Bad weather, disease outbreaks, pests, war, 
falling prices for food crops, rising prices for food, low wages or unemployment. Plenty of factors there. I'm not saying that Jeff Bezos and Musk should be emptying every last penny of their net worth into this cause, but couldn't they just spare a little change? Then again, they could also just focus on, you know, like the really important issues of what it feels like in space. How does it feel? It's amazing. You know, uh, there are no words. Uh, it was a perfect mission. Uh, we were, I don't, I'm not talented enough to put this into words. The accelerating G-forces and how that felt your skin pulled back and pushed into the seat. And then zero G comes so suddenly and then you're just floating. My brother pointed out in the car back that it's kind of, feels like we were almost it's evolved. It's like surprisingly natural. It's to, like effortless to be in zero and you feel yeah. comfortable. It's not weird at all. It's very nice. If you were asking the question of which will end up impacting more lives, well, I think you know the answer to that. Both men are in an incredible spot of power that can have a real impact on Earth as we know it today. Do they want to help the struggling or bask in the glory alongside the fellow rich? I guess it will depend on what legacy they want to leave. Hmm. We'll have to find out. No need to get out of bed. Afters is coming to you. Hey, my favourite time of the day is when we go around the world. That's right, around the world for some news, because we can't travel, so we're going to go there via the news and the internet, which is uh, almost as fun. So, have you ever thought about getting married on a train, Paddy? Uh, not, not, mo- not often, no. Have you, well, <laughs> No, I haven't. Well, it's happened in London. So, Laura Dale and Jane Magnet, cool mm. name. So, reception at London before boarding a carriage decorated with flowers. There'd be 150 other people for the privilege to get married on the train. Do you know, like, the first thing that comes to my mind when you see that is, imagine, like, I think about trains and I think about um, that guy who took that train trip um, with his GoPro and tried to film out the window, but it actually goes the wrong way. Imagine that <laughs> yes. was your wedding. Imagine that was <laughs> your wedding photographer. Imagine, yes, it like, yeah, exactly. yeah, it was really good, really good. But it's actually just, a, it's just about a thousand selfies of his own head. Yeah, or he's taking a photo of the wrong there. train. He's like, oh, sorry, mate. I thought you were on the Werribee line. Oh, but, okay. Uh, we're yeah, actually no, packing blue them. line. But imagine, like, getting married isn't really high on, on a train, sorry, isn't high on my list. Like, mm. I can rarely get a seat on my train when I used to go to the city every day. So getting married, imagine, peak hour. You get on the train, the doors open, and there's a wedding happening inside there. Imagine halfway through some transport officer. Hey, mate, you tapped on? Just got to, uh, <laughs> yeah. just got to check it out. I know you're walking up the aisle, but do you want to tap on? Um, obviously, also another news just around the world and pretty close to home, this one. Uh, so yes. in Sydney, um, we all know that cockatoos can be a real a real pest in terms of bin mm. lids and in terms of, you know, getting in around your stuff. And the noise they make. And the noise. I know it's so soothing in the morning, especially when yeah. you've just woken up. Um, yes. But yeah, so cockatoos apparently have worked out how to open bin lids by watching others do the trick. So they're learning from other from other cockatoos how to do it. So there was a video uh, online about one cockatoo going to a bin, opening the bin, and then another one coming up, almost like doing it exactly the same, oh my God. like a carbon copy. They're learning. And so my question to you, is this the rise of the cockatoo era, Owen? <laughs> yeah, like what are they going to do next? Next will be uh, afters, bloody pests. Who knows the what they'll the do next? <laughs> Those bloody birds, they're sneaky. But that is, at least, maybe they can help us and put the rubbish actually in the bins for us. That'd be nice. Yeah, or the, right, the right bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they doing recycling? Maybe that's what but they're hey. doing. Maybe they saw a general waste in the cycle. Hang on, better change that. They'll be watching David Attenborough. Maybe, yeah. But from birds helping us out and becoming our friends to snakes. Ooh. 
a woman in America, in Georgia, mm. said she was scared shirtless, which just firstly, I was like, I think you're saying that saying wrong, but she was scared yeah. shirtless mm. at finding a snake and ready 17 snake babies under her no, bed. No. Is there anything more scary? No. So she initially thought it was just a piece of fuzz moving on the floor. 17 snake babies. Yeah, thought it was, and I'm, there's photos which we'll have to get on the socials. Make sure you look at Afters Radio on Instagram or Afters FM on Facebook. They are tiny little snakes. And she found the mother snake and 17 babies <laughs> after turning. So you had to turn her whole bedroom upside down to find them. You'd almost, you wouldn't, like, you'd, you'd move, wouldn't you? You'd, you'd move, move house, house, surely. Like sold house. Like, your, your, your price has decreased on your house by immense amounts after this story. Yeah, like, absolutely. I would not be living there. It's bad enough with a fly in my room. Like, if I have a snake, I'm off. I'm oh, gone. That's dogs it. like... I mean, that could almost classify as a haunted house. Where the heart is. Afters FM. Owen and Paddy on Afters FM. Paddy, amazing show. Again, Wednesday. We did it, mate. Take that off the list. Big thanks to Ariel and Jamie uh, for their insights into Eurovision and into running a small business uh, during lockdown. That chat with Ariel was so much fun. It was so great to learn more about Eurovision. And I can't wait to see who's representing Australia in 2022. You've been listening to Owen and Paddy on Afters FM live on the iHeartRadio app.